eyes peeled, everyone. Welcome to Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You are joined by me, your host, David. We've also got in the room Dave from the Full 10 Yards family and a special guest from across the pond. It's friend of the show, Chris. Chris, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I'm excited to get to the busts and the MVPs, more importantly. <laughs> yes, definitely. And Dave, it's uh, it's been a couple of weeks, but how, how are you faring? I'm good. I thought I'd make my monthly appearance. Uh, <laughs> it's not, not often enough. Um, but yeah, all good. Uh, a crazy weekend in terms of the NFL action. Um, excited to talk about it. Yeah, plenty to divulge, and especially as we get to the business end of the season, there are plenty of things still to play for. And if you look at the NFC West at the top of my head, for an example, uh, you've got the three teams there, all in tied first place, which similarly, you've got you've got an equally tense race for the NFC East, which uh, is uh, quite different. <laughs> different. <laughs> Just to think one of those teams is getting playoff football in January is quite remarkable. Uh, Chris, any any hopes on the, the Lions getting the, the wild card spot or are you holding on to next season now? Well, here's the thing. I've decided to not uh, have an opinion one way or another in terms of the playoffs for the Lions because every season since I've been alive, this is what they do. They'll, they'll win a game, lose a game, win a game, or they'll string off two or three wins in a row. Maybe sniff 500, people get their hopes up. Uh, will the Lions make the playoffs? And every year... Uh, we get fooled. I get fooled. People in the Metro Detroit area get fooled and they always just uh, really let us down and make us feel awful. So uh, literally, I have literally no hopes for a Lions playoff berth. Uh, just looking for them to get 500 this weekend. They can uh, break five and five here uh, Sunday at home. The Carolina Panthers come in town. Uh, looks like no Christian McCaffrey and might be no uh, Teddy B here. So Lions have a shot. Chris, you have segued it perfectly. So we go straight into the injuries for the week. And as you mentioned, Christy McCaffrey, he obviously missed quite a few weeks with his high ankle sprain, came back, had 28 touches, and then was straight back out again with a shoulder injury. And there's already on Monday reports that he will not be playing in this game again. So those Mike Davis owners are rubbing their hands together. And equally, his quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, suffered a knee injury. And of course, when you hear knee and Teddy Bridgewater in the same sentence, your heart sinks because of what he came back from uh, those years ago. But it's it's looking positive on the face of it. Touch wood, cross everything that there is. It's looking, well, it's a different knee for starters that, that he injured this time around. But um, the Carolina Panthers are hopeful that it won't be too serious for him. However, at the quarterback position, Drew Brees is the storyline here. So Contavious Street landed, well... As a 49ers fan, I'll say it was a perfectly clean hit. Uh, he was uh, certainly on the sideline very intrigued as to whether how the, the penalty was given, but let's not get too much into that because um, that's not the, the big story here. The big story is that Breeze has fractured multiple ribs on either side of his body, and he also has a collapsed lung as well. I, I saw a report after that that his status for week 11 was in question, and you just, you just feel like replying to these people, like saying, well, well yeah, Obviously. So 
I'm, I'm reading between the lines a little bit here. The guy is 41 years old. He's going to be 42 in January. This is a nasty injury to come back from. And, and broken ribs, trust me, I've, I've sustained broken ribs playing American football and it is painful. You cannot play effectively with, with broken ribs. And we saw Terod Taylor early in the season, uh, something similar, obviously tried to get the injection and we, we all know how that went. Could this potentially be the end of Drew Brees' career? And that is a, that is a bold question, Dave, but what, what do you reckon? Well, obviously, I hope not as a Saints fan. Uh, that would be devastating. Um, and I completely agree. It was a clean hit. There was no way that was roughing the passer. Um, I think the rest flew through that flag on the reaction of Breeze, mm. almost. I feel like they saw, oh, he looks in a bit of pain. Maybe we should throw the flag. Um, it was quite soft. Uh, I would say Breeze sold it, but he didn't have to sell it because the guy had a collapsed lung and broken ribs. I did read as well that he actually came into the game with one broken rib already. Oh, because he was on the injury report uh, limited for the last couple of weeks with a shoulder issue and he was worn up in a flak jacket. Um, wow. So, yes, yeah, so the guy's playing with one broken rib and then, you know, the perfect shot, as it were, from street lands the wrong way on him. And then that's that. I mean, to answer your question, though, I, I don't think it will be the end for Breeze. Um, I mean, this season is his last one. I've no doubt about that. But with the Saints being set up as they are, if he misses two to three weeks, you know, it's not the end of the world. I think Saints will still make the playoffs, obviously. I I don't see him missing more than three weeks. That's what I've read anyway. I've never tried to play with a collapsed lung or broken rib, so <laughs> um, I speak from a point of ignorance and also optimism. And Chris, what about yourself? Do you, do you think... It could just be a couple of weeks or it's the collapsed lung that, that scares me more than the broken ribs, mm. if I'm honest. True. Yeah, I'm with David at the bottom there. I, I firmly believe it's just a, it's going to be uh, a few weeks. I believe he will finish out this season as a starting quarterback. But in a, in a recent waiver wire article uh, I wrote this morning, I'd like to think that the Saints uh, at their record, they have the luxury of letting Jameis uh, start a couple weeks, the luxury of letting Drew Brees rest uh, for a couple games, let him get okay, let him get right, and uh, then put him back out there maybe week 13, week 14. And it's all because of their record. If they were in a fight for, you know, first overall or, or the division here, I think it'd be more dire straits. But sitting at seven and two, being okay headed into uh, week 11 here, I think all is going to be okay with New Orleans. And again, to answer your question, uh, Drew Brees will it this won't end his career no I think he'll finally uh, walk away at the end of this season his wife all his kids saying come on dad leave it alone let us uh, you know let's go rest coach our baseball <laughs> I just look at the Saints schedule for the next four weeks they host the Falcons go to the Broncos go to the Falcons host the Eagles so all winnable me, games very winnable games. I mean, the Falcons games are always kind of berserkers to me because divisional game, you never know what's going to happen with those. But the Broncos and the Eagles, oy, I mean, even with Jameis Winston at quarterback, and he's not a bad quarterback. Um, he's rusty, but the Saints should be looking at Breeze to be starting the Chiefs game on the 20th of December in week 15. I think that's the goal. Yeah, that would actually be that. That's a nice, uh, I, how do I, not a benchmark, but it's a nice, uh, target to project, yeah. you know, rest up for four or five weeks and be ready for the Chiefs, which would probably have uh, some sort of uh, playoff implications down the road. Obviously, Saints mm -hmm. in the NFC, uh, Kansas City in the AFC, but you never know if their paths 
would cross again in the in the NFL playoffs, which would be the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's yeah, I know it's uh, <laughs> starting to become a reality now, and we, we've got to start to have these conversations. Week week ten is mm. is all but in the books, and uh, yeah, we are getting closer and closer to 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 February. So also in the quarterback room, uh, Drew Locke also had a rib injury. Uh, his his week 11 status is uncertain as well. But after the performance that he put in last Sunday, I'm sure this could be one of those where it's just an excuse for the Broncos to bench him. It's It's been a very dramatic U-turn for, for Drew Locke. And do we think that he's got a future there in, uh, in Denver, Chris? You know what? It, it, it's hard to say. I don't, I mean, I, as a football fan, I try and look at every situation, every player cover everything from a, from a fantasy perspective, but in terms of their quarterback there, they don't have any other, you know, another option you would feel comfortable uh, as your starting quarterback. And to be honest, not to sound like I'm unprepared. I don't even know uh, who is it? Brett Rippon or something along those lines mm-hmm. as their backup quarterback. So I, I per- firmly believe that Denver is kind of married to Drew Locke for mm-hmm. at least this season here. And uh, again, uh, social media is kind of an awful place. It gets very toxic and everybody's calling. If you're in Denver or the surrounding areas and you're a fan of the Broncos, people are calling for uh, Drew Locke's head here. You know, he threw four interceptions. He was sacked twice, only threw a touchdown. QBR rating was, I believe, 37% or such. So he's not playing very good. So what do you do? As you said, maybe this is an excuse uh, if he's injured to, you know, bye-bye to your starting job. Yeah, which is always a difficult one to have. And I don't see – sorry to enjoy it. I don't see what Denver would benefit from benching him, to be honest, because the playoffs are gone. They're, they're not talking postseason now. Um, and having the three wins this year have been uh, they beat the Jets. And for a while in that game, they looked like they were going to lose to the Jets in week four. They kicked six field goals against the Patriots to win, win 18 12. And they beat the Chargers by one point because it's the Chargers. So that's what everyone does. But, you know, Jeff Driscoll, I think, is there. Brett Rippon. We've seen well, enough of Blake those Bortles guys. Bortles was there for a little bit. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, he was, wasn't he? And it, he we've was. seen enough of those three quarterbacks to know that they're not the answer for Denver. So we may as well let Drew – they may as well, sorry, let Drew Lott play the season out. Um, you're going to get a top-10 draft pick. You know, look at look in the draft maybe, look in free agency. Yeah, and you've, you've got to think – they've got to give Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler and the other rookies on the offence yeah. there as much chance as possible to, to progress and develop this season because of the capital that they've invested into them. And even if Drew Locke isn't yeah. a long-term answer there in Denver, they still need to be playing with as good a quarterback as possible for the remainder of this season just to uh, just to try and get, get used to the, the tempo of this league and to, to, to make their mark. Well, maybe if Jameis Winston balls out for the next four weeks for the Saints, you know, he gets a Teddy Bridgewater-style deal from Denver is he not the long-term option there in New Orleans I mean Sean Payton seems very married to Taysom Hill I know we talk about yeah Taysom Hill's the gadget quarterback but the Saints love a deal their their front office absolutely loves to wheel and deal and if Denver came to because I think Winston is on a two-year deal in New Orleans let's say Denver came to New Orleans with an outrageous offer and John Elway loves his quarterbacks as well yeah, I mean, it's very much, you know, just chucking a name out there for them, but stranger things have happened in the minds of John Elway. 
with some of his quarterback decisions whilst he's been GM of the Broncos. Yeah. Exhibit A, Drew Locke. <laughs> Jameis, Jameis Winston is actually only on a one-year deal. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, it's a base salary of $1.1 million, uh, which is like nine hundred and fifty-two k, mm. and there's incentives to make it up to three point four, but it is only a a one-year deal. There you go. So that could very much become a reality then. And finally, in the quarterback room, we look at Matthew Stafford, who has got a thumb injury, and will get X-rays to see the severity of that. So it was COVID, then a concussion, then the thumb. Are Detroit trying to do something similar to to? keep him out for the rest of the season i'm not saying that in a matt stafford has come to his end of time in there in detroit but just to protect him to keep him out of the fray to keep him healthy for another year or did they get the win last weekend and now all of a sudden the playoffs are back on the table it's it's a it's a tricky position like you mentioned before chris as to whether as, as to the the, the path that detroit season is going to take for the rest of the season yeah, uh, here's my thing. Uh, being in Metro Detroit and the Lions being my favorite team, obviously, uh, that's why you you went to me first here. Uh, if Matthew Stafford is able to play, he's going to be on the field. He is that team's quarterback. And to be honest, it it not a lot of it has to do with the front with the front ownership or Matt Patricia or Bob Quinn. Matthew Stafford he he commands respect, and if he's ready to play and if he wants to play, he tells them, "I don't care what you say, I'm going to play," and they will start him. He probably would have played half the games last season that he sat out with having a a broken bone in his back. The guy is an absolute uh, gamer, and he loves to be out there. He's competitive. And unless he's he's cut off at the waist, uh, this guy is going to play. And to say that they're going to keep him out or this is going to end his career here in Detroit, they're at this point they're just going to ring out every every last drop they can get out of Matthew Stafford here. Him being in his early 30s, uh, he you know his career here in Detroit. Who knows how it's going to end? But uh, a little thumb ligament injury is not going to be uh, it's not going to make people freak out and get rid of him here. Good to hear for Matthew Stafford owners, certainly. So we look at the rest of the injuries suffered in week 11. Uh, we have got uh, Nick Boyle, the tight end there in Baltimore. He was known more for his blocking, but he has injured his knee and he is out for the remainder of the year. Uh, Danny Amendola, another one there in Detroit, suffered a hip injury. Uh, Tyler Irvin, the Green Bay running back, had another rib injury. So uh, quite a lot of rib injuries this week for players. Uh, Chris Thompson, uh, back injury. John Brown, in his revenge game against the Arizona Cardinals, suffered a ankle injury. So that's uh, one to keep out on there because he has got some fantasy relevance. Uh, we've got Josh Hill and Tracon Smith, both New Orleans Saints, both suffered concussions. Uh, Kai Forbath, the Rams kicker, with an ankle injury. Andrew Whitworth in the same game, that was a big injury as well. Obviously, the, the long-time Los Angeles Rams tackle suffered a knee injury and was carted off. But it is looking like he has torn his ACL. His ACL remains intact. Uh, he will go on to IR, but he could return this season, especially if Los Angeles were to, to make a playoff run. And I suppose we we look at the, the Whitworth injury from a fantasy perspective, because that's what we are, a fantasy podcast. And you, you look at the running backs and automatically I think, well, I didn't want any part of that Los Angeles Rams backfield anyway. Uh, and then you look at Jared Garfin's, uh, the, he had the biggest opportunity to, to score fantasy points against Seattle and he, he didn't do it. So does, does Whitworth have any fantasy impact at all, Dave? 
I'm not too sure he does because the Rams are such a strange team on the offense because, like you said, it's a running back by committee approach. So in one week, it's Cam Akers. Uh, yesterday, it's Malcolm Brown, uh, who got most of the um, productivity fantasy-wise, and then Daryl Henderson as well. Um, and then, yeah, I don't think the Whitworth injury does have too much impact um, personally because I'm steering away from Jared Goff as a fantasy quarterback anyway. And because they do have so many options, it's difficult to actually pin down you know, one particular player who you think it's really going to affect, be it Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, uh, Tyler Higby, et cetera, Gerald Everett. Um, yeah, I, d- I don't think it does impact it at all. Chris, any, any thoughts on that one? No, uh, th- this the Los Angeles Rams backfield remains uh, a kind of a, uh, how can I put it? So obviously a running back by committee, but it's almost in that sense. It's all, it just makes it into a wasteland. Because if you look at it, Akers gets 10 carries, Malcolm Brown, six carries, Daryl Henderson, seven carries. So if everybody's getting work, in turn, nobody's doing anything productive, if that makes any sense. Because, yeah. I mean, I, I guess if you – uh, in rookie drafts, if you own Cam Akers, you're cool to have him. But if you own Malcolm Brown, how many people that own the guy, you know, start him week in and week out, unless you're in like a 14 plus fantasy league. The guy to me to own in that backfield has been uh, Daryl Henderson Jr., who for some odd reason only got seven carries. So every week it's something new. It's like the old shell game you play on the street or pick a card, any card kind of thing. So uh, I'm staying away from that backfield completely. So the, the injury to, to Whitford is uh, it's significant, but it doesn't do much for our, our fantasy prospects in that backfield. Yeah. And finally, speaking of fantasy backfield minefields, uh, we had a broken collarbone for Jermichael Hasty in the, the Saints game as well. So Tevin Coleman's been in and out. We've got Jared McKinnon. We've got Jermichael Hasty. We've got Raheem Mostert, who's who's set to, to, to return very soon. And Jermichael Hasty was supposed to be the guy to, uh, last week against the, the Green Bay Packers and, and, and wasn't. So again, not too much fantasy impact there, but yeah, the 49ers and injuries. What a season for them. I'm amazed that Jared McKinnon's avoided severe injury given his bad luck. Yeah. Everyone else is falling down around him and he's still standing. I mean, he didn't do anything yesterday, but no one did for um, San Francisco in the backfield against the Saints because they're really good against the run. But yeah, good on McKinnon for just staying healthy. Yeah, and hopefully he will be able to uh, split some work with Mostert when he gets back very, very soon. So we now head into the main of our podcast and we will look at the MVPs first. So, Chris, as the guest of the show, who was your fantasy MVP for week 10? Well, here's the thing. I I don't know why I always do this. It's not not a shtick or anything, but I have two guys I want to mention from the same team both Washington football team running backs, Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. They were my personal fantasy MVPs, more so for DFS, but that still counts for for fantasy relevance here. So Antonio Gibson, 13 carries, 45 yards, scored two touchdowns on the ground. And then McKissick made all of his his efforts and all of the noise with the receptions. He had 15 targets in the passing game. He only caught seven of them for 43 yards and a touchdown. So combined, you had three touchdowns uh, from both guys here. 
Uh, I don't know if, if anybody cares, but I touted both men in my fantasy uh, article this past week. And I believe that they are, they were uh, in my little corner, my neck of the woods, both running backs were my fantasy MVPs. So Chris, you have just alluded to it there. And of course I am very familiar with it, but do you want to tell the listeners where we can find the uh, piece of work that you're referring to? Oh, sure. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, it's called bottom of the barrel. You can find it on, on my Twitter at Detroit beastie. It's exclusively at uh, DFS Chichi. It's just a nice article about those lower priced guys. Cause we all know, you know, the big studs you want to get in your lineup, but there's a, there's a salary cap. You have fictitious money to spend, so you can't fill an entire roster with Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, or, you know, cooks, things of that nature. So we need those cheap uh, priced guys to help, uh, help our lineups pop. Let me do the work for it. Yeah, certainly a great tool. And like Chris says, you, you, you plug in your, your stars there and then you're left scratching your head. And Chris does do the hard work for you. You uh, just go look at his article and you can just fill in those in that three, you know when you've got three thousand, you you got your average budget per player <laughs> getting lower and lower and lower, and that's where uh, Chris steps in to to save the day. I always put my um, big names in at first, and then I see like oh my uh, average has gone has, has gone too low, so I always yeah. put put the defense in next to make myself feel better and bump it up a little bit, and then uh, and then just finish off with with the last few guys there as well. But great great piece of work, Chris. So guys, thank check you, out uh, that. Uh, so J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson. Yes, uh, J.D. McKissick, I've absolutely loved him in PPR leagues for, for quite a while now. And he's just getting reception after reception after reception. And people are finally starting to wake up to him, but another seven receptions for him there. And if you think in a PPR league, that is seven points for him without doing any work. That's if he finished the game yeah. with just the seven receptions, that is seven points for him. But it's not as if it has been a one-off for him he's had in his last last few weeks seven nine i did have a two against dallas but six and a six so a guy who was just getting production from reception so ppr stood dave how about yourself who was your fantasy mvp for week 10 that's two written down as well but i'll, I'll only go with one because last time i was on i stole yours dave so um <laughs> <laughs> and I, I hope that i don't do it again but i've got to show love to cole beasley no yeah <laughs> oh, i've done it again oh i'm so sorry um do you always take my option two no. instead uh <laughs> you you roll with cole beasley okay so cole beasley as i'm sure you're well aware um goes 11 109 in a score and i've been sort of on the cole beasley train for a little bit i mean it's a crowded receiving call with the addition of stefan diggs but this guy is, he's putting up points in a big way this season. And it's his third triple digit receiving yards game this season. And I mean, he's, he's the top scoring, I mean, on standard scoring anyway, top scoring wide receiver in fantasy this week. It's just absolutely crazy. And also at the same time, he didn't take any work away from anyone else. I know the John Brown injury aided him, but Stefan Diggs still had an absolute you know, huge game as well. 10-93 and one score. Um, and for, for a nine-year veteran, he, I know he was always you know, under the radar at Dallas, didn't start that many games, but he's really coming into his own in this Buffalo offense. And he's definitely worth a pickup. He was a WR2. I think he's up, you know, put himself in that bracket now for the rest of the season. Um, I haven't actually properly studied the Bills' schedule for the rest of the season, but I mean, if, 
if they have to play the Jets again, then obviously <laughs> start them in that game. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm just looking at it here. I mean, they've still got the Patriots to play, the Broncos, the 49ers. Um, yeah, I mean, you should all go and look at picking up Cole and He's definitely my MVP of the week. And I'm very sorry, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he's, he's someone similar to JD McKissick in that he is getting targets and ultimately receptions every single week. And yeah. The last two weeks before this week, he only had five targets between the two games. But before that, he was averaging seven targets per week. Um, and he had a minimum of, of 9.8 PPR fantasy points. So that is such a nice floor in this in this world of injuries and all that kind of stuff. It, yeah. is, it is really nice to have that floor of 9.8 fantasy points in your lineup every single week. And that's the floor. Like yeah. this guy's been putting up twenties, and obviously with the with the game that he's just had against Arizona, especially now if he's going to see some more targets with, with John Brown being out. So that is why Cole Beasley is was my MVP as well because he's someone that we never talk about. It's it's just so under the radar, but a really great fantasy performance there. Uh, this game, sorry, Dave, I'm just completely running with <laughs> with your thing on my notes. No, no, uh, uh, <laughs> this this game did yield all three top scoring fantasy wide receivers. So we had Cole Beasley, who was the wide receiver one. Uh, we had DeAndre Hopkins, who of course had that insane grab at the end of the game in triple wow. coverage uh, with 25.7, and then Stefan Diggs as well with 25.3. And the headlines. With, with Diggs and DeAndre because we said, oh, Stefan Diggs makes the touchdown grab. That's why Buffalo went out and got him. First round pick, uh, best receiver in the game. And then DeAndre Hopkins is like, hold my beer. <laughs> you got me for a second round pick. And uh, I think you'll find I'm the best wide receiver in the game. Debatable. And people will have their, their different opinions. But um, yeah, it was it was DeAndre Hopkins and Stefan Diggs that, that stole the headlines. But in fact, it was Cole Beasley that was the wide receiver one on the week with his performance there. More to that point as well. Uh, you say that the three of them were the top receiving, uh, top three ranked receivers uh, this Sunday or this week. Um, at the two minute warning, there was only one of them in there. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, with the final you know, offensive plays for each team, uh, it elevated them from being you know 15th, 16th up to second and third. Crazy, uh, amazing game. Yeah, so it's so, such a great game. And I did actually say at the start of Carla Drive, I was like, this is his MVP drive. This is this is the one where he just this is this is where he proves the point now of has he got it in him? Can he can he go on and, and win this kind of game? And I, I think the play was more on DeAndre Hopkins, the one that won it, because I think um from the offensive play call they, they wanted to to get some some more yards and run an additional play to that as well. Um it was just a bit of a chuck up in the air, but if if if, if it's not in there. DeAndre Hopkins isn't going to make the catch, so um, take a take take a bow, Kyler, because that was an incredible drive. Uh, Chris, an enjoyable game. Absolutely, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the rookie wide receiver for Buffalo, uh, Gabriel Davis. Uh, he's play. I've picked him up. I've plugged him in DFS lines, even seasonal lines. Only when John Brown has not played, Gabriel Davis has has stepped up and been a nice uh, been a nice little piece for for our fantasy team. So just go out and double check waivers doesn't clear until Wednesday. But if John Brown is to be out a few weeks, uh, I believe obviously aside from, you know, Diggs or Cole Beasley, uh, Gabriel Davis is a nice player to add for a, for your fantasy team. You know, if a, a whole playoff hopeful or, or a deep playoff run there. 
Indeed, indeed. And while we're here, I was actually going to have Kyler Murray as my as my backup MVP um, in, this, <laughs> in this scenario. So I will just focus a little bit more on him. So Kyler Murray, he is doing some incredible things this season. And obviously we had the season last year with Lamar Jackson, where Lamar set the, the single season quarterback rushing record. And obviously he, he won the league MVP as well. But Kyler Murray for me is having a much better season than Lamar Jackson did last year. So from a rushing perspective, he's on pace to to get there or thereabouts. He's, he's going to absolutely smash the rushing touchdowns out the water. He, he's on pace for, for 16, 17 of them, but he's got the passing yardage and the passing stats to go with it as well. And of course, having DeAndre Hopkins on your team helps massively. That's not something that Lamar Jackson's had when he's relying on Hollywood Brown, who's been touted as a wide receiver one, but not delivering. It's, it's, it's wildly different to, to having DeAndre Hopkins as your, as your wide receiver one. But Kyler has still got to put in these performances performances he's still got to go have those game-winning drives and the Arizona Cardinals now are currently sat atop the NFC West going into a game on Thursday night football with the whole world watching against the Seattle Seahawks to to get outright leading the NFC West and it's I can tell how good I thought a game was going to be by which days I booked off work. So because of this this crazy year, I've had <laughs> I've had a load of annual leave to take in the in the last three months of the year. So I know when I'm off work because of how good the schedule is on, on prime time. So uh, for example, Thanksgiving Friday, I booked off work because I know that I'm going to be staying up all night to, to watch the NFL. And I'm not off work this Friday. I'm in work this Friday because clearly three months ago, I did not rate this Arizona Seattle game at all so I just I, I just gave it a miss and now I've got to make that horrendous decision as to whether I stay up till half past four in the morning to um oh. to watch the game or to uh <laughs> at least I'm working from home now so that takes off some of the pressures <laughs> of, of getting into the office but um do do I make that decision so um yeah very interesting one coming up on Thursday but Kyla you had a phenomenal fantasy week you were the player you were the number three overall player you were only second to behind Tom <laughs> Brady in the quarterback room so you are my well de facto MVP of the week Chris who is your honourable mention? Who is the player that nearly got the MVP spot but uh, was gazumped by the, the Washington duo? Well, true to form, I, I believe looking at my notes, I writ, wrote down like five or six guys. I uh, want to touch on one guy briefly, Chase Claypool, rookie in Pittsburgh, four, four receptions, 56 yards, and two touchdowns. But my honourable mention is Ronald Jones II, Rojo, Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, looks to be starting running back. Leonardo Fournette is there whatever uh ronald jones if i'm not mistaken guys he fumbled the first play of the game the first yeah. offensive series of the game and i don't know about you but but social media went nuts the guy up oh, goodbye bye to anybody that has ronald jones it's going to be Fournette day and all he did after that was run the ball 23 times for 192 yards a touchdown and one of those the, the touchdown he scored was 98 yards i mean th it doesn't get much better than that so uh Ronald Jones, you're my honorable mention, and thank you for being, you know, having your wits about you, standing up and, and going for it, even after you might have been bummed out or demoralized from fumbling the ball, because um, we all know Bruce Arians doesn't doesn't play around uh, when it comes to fumbles or, or interceptions, things of that nature. So, Ronald Jones, uh, you deserved it this weekend. 
longest play in Tampa Bay Buccaneers history. It was That's crazy. A phenomenal run and it has been a constant battle all season, like you've just mentioned, Chris, between Rojo and Leonard Fournette. And I think at this point, people were leaning Fournette. People were starting to cut Rojo from their leagues. And then he comes out with a statement game like this. But feed the guy the ball. That That's it now. You, you, you've got to feed the guy the ball. You've, you've got to give it him because Tom Brady needs it. Like I know Tom Brady came out angry yesterday and he, he did have a very good day himself and he's, he's got plenty of passing weapons. But in order for the pass game to, to come to full fruition, you've got to have a strong run game and give give the hot hand the ball. Give Let's go, Rojo. And, Let me uh, ask you guys the question while I have you here. So uh, I have Jonathan. This is a personal trade fantasy question, if I may. Uh, I have uh, Jonathan Taylor, right? And the guy who owns Ronald Jones made me an offer. Ronald Jones and the rookie wide receiver Van Jefferson Jr. to maybe stack with my with my uh, Jared Golf. Is that a trade you would do? Or is that I, I don't think I'd like to sell off uh, Jonathan Taylor for Rojo. But after yesterday, it, it, it's, you know, it's getting a little bit of exciting. Well, after yesterday and Thursday, of course, Jonathan Taylor on Thursday had, well, it was supposed to be his breakout game, but but didn't quite come. So I want to see one more week of Jonathan Taylor. I think this is his last chance now against Green Bay because everybody has, has been able to, to run on Green Bay. So if that offer still stands after this week, Chris, then I'd accept. But um, at this moment in time, I'm, I'm struggling to. I'd be inclined to take that offer. Um, just after the Naheem Hines last fortnight has been brilliant. Um, and Taylor's hasn't looked great. I know he's a rookie, he can still learn, but Hines is on the verge of becoming the RB1 in, in Indianapolis now. And Rojo, oh, what a, what a run! <laughs> and for fear of Dave stealing my play again, <laughs> I'm going to uh, jump in front and I'm going to tell you my honorable mention who is the rookie wide receiver T Higgins over there in Cincinnati. He, what a season he's having. Some, someone similar to uh, Ronald Jones. He had a very early fumble in the game, which you started to think, oh dear, what's going on here? He was, he was on uh, negative fantasy points for a little while in this one. But then he came up big, finishing with 22.5 PPR points and finishing the week as the wide receiver at nine. So, a de- yeah, another decent game from T Higgins. He's, he's clearly got that connection with, with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, obviously, another, another rookie there as well in Cincinnati. And you, you very often see this, is that two rookies come in together, especially the quarterback, and he's got to make a connection with somebody. And very often he does make it with another rookie because they've gone through the whole process together. They're in the same boat. AJ Green, he's tried bless him this season there was he was a write-off at the at the start of the season and people started to to build the hype up again started to get excited about AJ Green but no he's he's, he's done now we need to we need to hand over to, to Tyler Boyd and T Higgins but T Higgins for me he's he's wide receiver 10 on the season on weeks three through 10. So week three, when he became the starter, he is, yeah, he's a wide receiver 10, which, which is, it was quite incredible. Really. He's had no fewer than four receptions or, or five targets in a single game. And this game, interestingly, the game against Pittsburgh 
it was supposed to be another weather game, so obviously we saw quite a lot of, of bad weather over the weekend. But in Pittsburgh, it was it was tipped to be a weather game. But this one yielded four of the top 11 wide receivers. So we've just mentioned that the Bills and the Cardinals had the top three. This one had four of the top 11. So we had T. Higgins, as just mentioned. Uh, we had Deontay Johnson finish at fifth. Juju Smith-Schuster finish at eighth. And Chase Claypool, who, who Chris has just briefly mentioned, finish at 11 as well. So a lot of wide receiver points on offer here. Uh, Big Ben looks really good. He, he threw for four touchdowns. Uh, Joe Burrow wasn't the, the the biggest day of his career from a stats point of view, but he still looks really good. And uh, yeah, T Higgins, the biggest thing for me is his schedule on the, on the run-in. So they've got Giants, the Dolphins, the Cowboys, the Steelers and the Texans. They are some beautiful matchups there. And according to the Fantasy Pros website, those final three, the three playoff games, are all five-star matchups for T. Higgins. So if, yeah, this is a little spoiler for the uh, for the trade section. If your trade deadline hasn't passed, go and get T. Higgins. It'll be difficult in Dynasty Leagues because uh, they'll have invested uh, high draft capital into him and he's obviously doing well. But in redraft, go get him because the end of his season is beautiful. Any thoughts on T. Higgins, gentlemen? Oh, I love T. Higgins, and uh, probably about a month or so ago, I had T. Higgins and Justin Jefferson, and uh, I was working a trade in, in my biggest dynasty IDP league, and the guy who I was trading with wanted one of them. So it was basically, to me, uh, it looked to be a coin flip. Do I give away Justin Jefferson, or do I give away T. Higgins? Well, I made the decision to keep T. Higgins and give away uh, Justin Jefferson in Minnesota, and uh, as it stands now, uh, I'm very happy and excited about that. And the only thing that swayed my decision was basically, as you said, David, his growing uh, relationship with, with, with a rookie quarterback in Joe Burrow. So thankfully, I have T. Higgins on my team still. Yes. Are you saying you didn't want the theater stud that is Kirk Cousins throwing the ball to, to Justin Jefferson? Have you, have you seen that video that's emerged of uh, Kirk Cousins this week? I have not. The only one I know of Kirk Cousins is at his, uh, is it like a gender reveal party? He's standing literally three feet in front of a, you know, like a, a construction barrel or like a, a bale of hay. And he almost misses the, you know, the, the balloon yeah, yeah. with the powder and he's standing three feet away and he still almost missed it. Can't do it with the cameras on, can he? No. <laughs> no, this one is, uh, is a video of Kirk Cousins in college and it's him on stage singing Pretty Woman. It's, um, I, I'll, have to, I'll have to tag you both in it because uh, it's... Uh, Mm. it's amazing I've, I've watched it so many times it's a great great <laughs> video um dave any thoughts on c higgins uh nothing that hasn't already been said um i'm really excited to see his his future in cincinnati i think there's a lot of positives to take not just from a fantasy perspective obviously it's um, very exciting there for both uh t higgins and joe burrow owners but i think that's going to be a really exciting partnership and relationship to watch over the coming end of the season and going yeah. into the next season and beyond and whilst you're on the microphone, Dave, please tell us who is your honourable mention for the week? I can't steal this from anyone, which is good. And it's a guy that I, at the start of the season, was massively down on and I've been proven emphatically wrong. And that's TB12 in TB. Um, and I've got to take my hat off to him um, because coming back from the, you know, one of the worst performances fantasy-wise by a quarterback this season that you can have against the Saints, much to my own amusement, uh, pleasure uh, and then following up uh, yeah, 341 passing yards for three touchdowns and even a QB sneak for a score as well which I thought he'd, that wasn't his only one that's his third rushing touchdown 
of the season for Brady. And he's actually been, you know, quietly a very, very good fantasy uh, quarterback. He ranks in the top 10 um, for QBs. And, you know, this is more an honourable, less an honourable mention and more me coming to terms with the fact that I think it's actually working out in Tampa for Tom Brady. And I was adamant it wasn't going to at the start of the season. I was absolutely certain it was going to be an absolute disaster. But... He's proven me wrong, and the total offense that they had against Carolina—they could have—they scored forty-six points. It could have been so much more. Um, and with the end of the season coming up for Brady, it's big games for him as well. They've got the Rams, they've got the Chiefs, um, they've got two more divisional games against the Falcons, and they've got the Vikings and your uh, Detroit Lions as well, Chris. And I think Brady could—I'm not saying trade for him because I think that's unless it's a redraft league. Um, you know, definitely not a <laughs> dynasty league, don't go trading for him. <laughs> but he's definitely a guy to watch down the stretch because he's ranked in the top 10 now. I wouldn't be surprised if he breaks the top five if he carries on like this. Ooh. It's that one Saints game that's really done for him. And like we said, he's, he's playing angry. Like Tom Brady exactly. does not have two bad games in a row. He was yeah. embarrassed by the, by the Saints. So we're going to see angry Tom Brady. And I will just say um, on the article that I wrote for the, the early games to start sits, um, I had Ronald Jones starting for this week. Yeah, go me. Uh, <laughs> got, to, got to take yourself every now and then. But last week I said to start Brady against the Saints. So there was a bit of um, loss uh, of it. I feel like I've done myself proud this week. I brought myself back after absolutely whiffing on that last week. <laughs> Chris, Tom Brady. Yeah, what, what can you say about the guy? As you know, I, I feel like I say it often enough, and I don't mean to be this way, but I'm right outside of Detroit. I'm a Michigan Wolverines fan. Brady played there. I followed him since since he was a kid uh, in college, and I, I'm, I'm with you guys. Brady, uh, you don't want to test him after a loss. I forgot to look up the stats. I was thinking that all week that Tom Brady is almost unbeatable uh, after a loss, right? And he really uh, showed us what he's about. And to be fair, at this point, what, what's three guys like us supposed to do on a, on a broadcast when we talk about Tom Brady? The guy's done everything under the sun. He's won several Super Bowls, MVPs, the touchdowns he's thrown, the yardage that he's thrown. The guy is a consummate professional football quarterback I mean he just gets it done and I don't care where he goes what team he could have went to Cleveland and it would be the same MO Tom Brady is an absolute stud quarterback and he's uh, to be honest I'm shocked that they haven't made him the only active member of the football hall of fame well that's the yeah like he's that guaranteed yeah there's there's nothing that he could do in his career now that would prevent him from getting there so speaking of the opposite, Chris, who is your fantasy bust of the week? Well, this one's pretty clear. As soon as, uh, you know, you sent me the notes over, I looked at it. It's Mike Davis uh, for Carolina. They played Tampa Bay, you know, the aforementioned Tampa Bay Bucks and Tom Brady there. So Mike Davis had seven carries, 32 yards, only four receptions for 12 yards, uh, taking, you know, the RB1 duties in Carolina for the, the, the injured and the absent Christian McCaffrey. Now, again, I apologize. I always think it just happened over the years. I'm predisposed to thinking in DFS format. So, boom, as soon as McCaffrey was out for week 10, the 
you know, the, the, the buttons and the, the bells started going off for, for Mike Davis. He was cheap enough. He had kind of an okay matchup, but at the price, it was a no-brainer. And given what he's done this season, in the absence of Christian McCaffrey, it seemed like a lock a lock that he would, you know, have a hundred total yards, you know, total yardage between rushing and receiving at least a touchdown, maybe two. And he did nothing. He did none of that. And uh, to be fair, I think it was just a classic case of Tampa Bay. Uh, so bummed, like so embarrassed and so bummed out about what happened last week. It didn't really matter who Tampa Bay was playing. They would have, you know, beat someone up pretty bad and it just happened that Mike Davis and Carolina ran into a buzzsaw this weekend so uh, although he was a bust I'm not afraid to go back to him this weekend as news has just broke that looks like Christian McCaffrey will not play uh this coming week again yeah and with no disrespect to your Detroit Lions Chris it is a favorable matchup for for Mike Davis this week like no doubt not saying anything I don't know it's well, it's, yes, it's always a difficult one against Tampa Bay. They're not renowned for giving up fantasy points to the running back position, but he should do okay against the Detroit Lions from a rushing perspective, especially if Teddy Bridgewater is struggling with injury because they're gonna, yeah. even if he plays, they will likely limit him in some capacities. And uh, yeah, they will need to lean on Mike Davis. Dave, who have you got? Oh, uh, I'm worried I'm gonna steal one from you again. Let, um, let's go with running backs again. Uh, I was just saying that to see if we could get a read on your reaction there, Dave. Uh, James Connor. We're good? Okay. Uh, so he goes 36 yards on the ground and two receptions for 12 yards. I know that the Steelers' backfield has been a bit peculiar. Connor struggling to stay healthy. Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland have had the odd game here and there. But I really thought that with the weather... Yeah, it was starting to get into proper winter weather in Ohio. So I thought that in Cincinnati, the ground game might be, you know, of use or uh, you know, quite a high value pick uh, for Pittsburgh. And it wasn't. I mean, Big Ben just carved Cincinnati up. And I was just really disappointed with James Conner, not least because I had him in several fantasy teams. So it's almost a personal. Uh, I've taken it quite personally this week. I mean, but I suppose that's the story of the Pittsburgh backfield. It's quite up and down each week. But this week in particular, I was quite disappointed James Connor didn't um, live up to my own possibly overly high expectations. I don't know what you boys think. It's back-to-back weeks for him now. So the the previous week as well, in a a game against Dallas, where Dallas very nearly shocked the Pittsburgh Steelers, he had nine carries for 22 yards and uh, two two receptions off two targets for, for four fantasy points. So... It was a really strange one for, for James Conner last week, and then he's, he's backed up against this one. So I, I am starting to get that little bit worried about him because it, it's starting to look like Ben's just saying, well, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. big Ben. I'm, I'm healthy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this team to, a, to another Super Bowl. So let, He did have six it. straight weeks of double-digit fantasy points, but the last two weeks he's fallen off a cliff. Yeah, it's it's worrying me, and I'm I'm not a James Connor. I don't have him in a lot of leagues, um, if any, to be honest. So it, it's not a headache that that I'm having to to deal with. But still, with a team that is now nine and zero, for him to be getting this little usage in the, in the last two weeks certainly yes. is worrying. Chris, have you got any any long term concerns about James Connor, or is it just a couple of a uh, couple of weeks off for him? Yeah, it, I find it to be a tough uh, a tough you know, thing to deal with or a hard pill to swallow, as they say, 
Uh, he's had two back-to-back duds. He was never really – hasn't been lighting the world on fire so far this season, but he is the – the looks to be the RB1 there who's going to take that spot from him. Benny Snell, uh, there, there's no one else in that back. Anthony McFarland Jr. has looked good in flashes this season. But it, it is uh, James Conner's backfield, and I, I believe I'm with you guys. It's just a classic case of exploiting a matchup, and Big Ben has done so well you know, at exploiting matchups through the air with some of these dynamo wide receivers that they heard, uh, Juju, Claypool, uh, Deontay uh, Johnson. I mean, these kids are playing fantastic. So, you know, uh, let, let's let's throw it and light the game on fire that way instead of feeding James Conner. Again, a team like Pittsburgh, they have uh, like bit, bigger and better aspirations in the season. They're looking for a deep, a deep playoff run, a push at the, at a Super Bowl appearance here. So why, why run James Conner into the ground now is the only thing I can think of. But uh, as it stands now, what else are you going to do with him? If, he, if you own him on your team, uh, you can't move him for much right now after back-to-back duds. And uh, even if you do, what would you feel comfortable getting back in return? So uh, I'm cool with owning James Conner. I think if anybody that's watching this now uh, or listens to this now, if you own James Conner, hang tight. The, the games will come. They just look like they're going to be few and far between uh, aside from an RB1 type uh, week, week in and week out. Indeed. And we, we look at my bust and I am going with the wide receiver in Seattle, DK Metcalf. And we were starting to have that conversation. Is DK Metcalf matchup proof? Is he he's going to be one of those receivers that you know you can plug in week in, week out? And then Jalen Ramsey comes along and Jalen Ramsey covered him on 30 routes. And DK Metcalf had four targets for two receptions and 28 yards. And Russell Wilson, the Rams defense got inside Russell Wilson's head a little bit on this one. And there was there was one play where uh, Aaron Donald was being triple teamed. And th- there was another where Aaron Donald was probably about 10 yards away from Russell Wilson. But Russell Wilson was still, he had the living daylight scared out of him because he knew that, that Aaron Donald was, was chasing him down. And then J- Jalen Ramsey covered, covered DK Metcalf really well as well. So it was a, it was a decent game plan for the Rams. They join that conversation now at the top of the, the NFC West and DK Metcalf. The thing that worries me about him is the fact that he plays Jalen Ramsey again in week 16. And I posted a trade article in the middle of last week and DK Metcalf was on my trade away in redraft only. I'll hasten to add. He was, it was in my trade away section because of his weeks 15 and 16 matchups. Uh, week 15, they, they play the Washington football team. Week 16, they play the, the Rams again. And if we see coverage like we've just seen against the, the LA Rams in the first time around, you're going to be able to sell DK Metcalf right now for a premium, premium price. And he is he's not necessarily going to put up those fantasy points in, in the playoffs, which is what all that matters in fantasy. All you have to do is for the first 14 weeks of the season is get to the playoffs. And then in the last two weeks, they just win those two matchups. That is fantasy football in a nutshell. And it's, it's not like Tyler Lockett because we, we've seen so often this season where DK Metcalf has been quiet. Lockett's gone off and vice versa. But Lockett only had uh, eight targets, five receptions and 66 yards. So the Rams look to have finally slowed down the Seahawks. A couple of bad games in a row now for, for Russell Wilson. And his surefire MVP campaign has, has come crashing to a halt. So... 
Yeah, DK Metcalf, you are my bust and you are worrying me for the playoffs. Any thoughts, gentlemen? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not worried about DK Metcalf's long-term prospects, but yeah, if we're going week to week, DK Metcalf was one of the biggest busts uh, this week. And uh, I will wait to speak on Tyler Lockett until we get later in the broadcast. Stick around. Hint, hint, hint. (laughs) Spoiler alert. I mean, the two games he's had where he's had under 90 receiving yards have been divisional opponents, the Cardinals and the Rams. Fantasy-wise, that's an issue if that carries on because then you realise that, well, that's a quarter of the season where he may not produce for you. Um, Sure, it could be aberrations, but yeah, I I think Thursday night's going to be a huge indicator about where DK Metcalf lies fantasy-wise going forward because yeah, he's had favourable matchups this season all over the place. I mean, the injury ravaged 49ers. Buffalo's defence has disappeared uh, at times during this season and playing teams like the Cowboys and the Falcons as well. I'm not saying he's not a good receiver, but he's had such favourable matchups that when he really comes up against those top corners in top coverage... You know, is that an issue for him at the moment? And I'm not saying I'm not coming down on either side of the fence yet. I'm just curious to see how he does in the rematch against the Cardinals on Thursday night. Yeah, and I did stress in my article on on Thursday that with with Metcalf, the price has got to be right. You've got to sell him yeah. at this point when his, his value is so high at such an astronomical value. Because I I still believe in the guy. Like, I still think he's he's a fantastic football player. He's just a physical specimen. And he will have these games where he goes off. And if you're playing against him, you will regret that day that you that you ever <laughs> sold him. But he will have days like like yesterday where he he, he does let you down and I'm just fearful that in, in the playoffs this year He'll he'll do the exact same, and he he it will cost people championships if if they reliant on him to. Well, week sixteen against the Rams. That's yeah, he, the, uh... he's got another date with Jalen Ramsey. So exactly, yeah. In championship. However, week week, week fourteen, he's got uh, the Jets. <laughs> Quit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. He'll get you in there, and then you'll lose it for you in week sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm surprised that none of us went with Russell Wilson as the bust. Um, I, he was on my radar as the bust. Um, 248 yards, no touchdowns, and he turned the ball over three times. Mm. Yeah, I had Austin Hooper, one catch for 11 yards, and then mm. Robbie Anderson, four receptions for 20 yards. So, uh, again, I always try and look for the guys that people, you know, care about, but that's not, you know, out in the open, if that makes yeah. any sense, because then there's no, there's no chance of, of tying with another broadcaster, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't think Cole Beasley was going to be somebody else's MVP, that's for sure. Okay, let's head over to the waiver wire. So it is going to be, it's getting to that stage of the season now where those players that have managed their fab budget are, are rubbing their hands together and others that have burnt out really quickly are even trying to trade for a little bit of fab budget now. So Chris, who is your top waiver candidate? You mentioned that you'd written a waiver article this morning. So who who's the top? Without giving too much away, who's the, who's the top person on that? You're going to be shocked. It's aside from Jameis Winston, it's Wayne Gallman, the running back for the New York football giants here. Now, Devonta Freeman is on IR. He's going to be out for a few games. I believe yesterday was the week one of him being on IR. So you're still looking like you're going to have two weeks you know, to play Wayne Gallman. And he had 18 carries, 53 yards, and two touchdowns. The guy put on a show on Sunday, 
and he looked he looked good. He looked okay, and so did Daniel Jones. And again, I'm not saying the New York Giants are going to be fantastic and you know make a run here. I to be honest, I don't care if they do, don't care if they don't. But for fantasy purposes, I'd like to have Wayne Gallman on my roster, especially going into Week 11. This is when you know you start to put some need some wins uh, together, get in the playoffs, or if you're 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 set, you know you're going to make it eight and one, seven and two, something like that. Wayne Gallman makes for a nice little piece on your team for depth. So uh, look to add Wayne Gallman in, in any and all formats. Indeed, indeed. Wayne Gallman is the running back three. Week seven through ten, Wayne Gallman is the running back three on the season behind wow. Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara only. So I'm going to write that down. I did not know that. <laughs> so, yeah, Chris, that is a great, considering that he's, he's still so little owned, uh, great, great tip there. Dave, who is your top waiver pickup? Well, again, obviously, aside from Jameis Winston, um, who should be everyone's top waiver pickup. Um, I I don't know how uh, how available he would be, but Jalen Rager for the Eagles showed me something against the Giants that I, I was kind of high on him. I think I had him as my start, actually, in my most recent article. Yeah, I had him as my start, and he, he wasn't life-changingly good, but the Eagles were were are just an absolute mess but the longer that Rager plays I see him as a sort of T Higgins development project for the Eagles just a few weeks behind him because he was on IR to start you know the early part of the season um only got 47 yards I think of four receptions uh, targeted seven times yesterday I, I just like the idea of Jay uh, the the idea of Jalen Rager and looking at the matchups for the Eagles they've Go to Cleveland next week, and then they've got Seattle on Monday Night Football, and then the Packers, New Orleans. You know, these are tough games, but they're playing against teams that don't necessarily shut down the wide receiver in terms of productivity. And I imagine the Eagles will be playing from behind quite a lot because they're in the NFC East. Um, so, yeah, Jalen Rager would be my uh, guy to have a look on your waiver wire. And we go to mine, and I am going to look at Salvin Ahmed, the running back in Miami. And a big one to note here is that today, Jordan Howard has been released from the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. So Ahmed is someone that we should be looking to pick up. He, he had a very nice week yesterday. He, he carried the ball 21 times for 85 yards and a touchdown. And with Tua... He's a, he's a rookie quarterback in this league. He's coming to the league very well, but he needs a running game to lean on to, to support him in this venture. And there's, there's no reason to say that, that Ahmed can't be this guy. So Gaskin could return from IR. Well, he will return from IR in a couple of weeks and he will look to, to eat into that role. But we've seen so many times with these undrafted free agents that they, that they come in at the running back position. They're just getting a groove. Let's look at James Robinson as, as an example. Many people thought that Reichwell Armstead was, was going to come back from the, the COVID list to, to come and take that job straight back away from, from James Robinson. And even though we couldn't have foreseen that, that Armstead was going to have those complications with COVID and have his season ended, oh. James Robinson earned the job. James Robinson, you wouldn't have taken those carries off James Robinson even if Armstead had have come back. So who's to say that the, the same can't be said for, for Salvan Ahmed, who, who yeah, is, is looking good. And if the Dolphins are going out and making moves like releasing Jordan Howard, 
then they, they clearly are committed. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they believe in something there. A uh, little bit of a sidetrack, Chris. Where is Jordan Howard going? Because uh, I saw somebody interestingly suggest the Bears now. <laughs> that, that they need a running back, but <laughs> full circle, you're saying yeah, exactly, exactly. Man, that's a great question. I I, I did see that uh, they released Jordan Howard maybe within the hour, right before uh, I entered the broadcast with you guys here. But I, I don't know that that is a great question. The Bears are are one thing. Uh, David Montgomery doesn't look to be out terribly long. It was just kind of a a concussion thing. Uh, he'll probably miss this week. Be back. Hopefully, Ryan now you know, shows out a little bit so they know what they have in him, RB1, RB2 kind of thing in, in Chicago there. Uh, to be honest, it would be very 2020 if he went to the Rams. <laughs> and you got like 17 guys in that backfield that we don't know who's going to get what there. So uh, I, I honestly, uh, I do not know. Dave, any early speculations or is he uh, one of those players that it could even be a couple of weeks similar to Devonta Freeman where he just waits and waits and waits until around yeah I gone. think so I mean the, the Bears in a sort of really toxic way would amuse me if he <laughs> went back there because he's not the answer uh and the Bears don't know what the answer is on offense. no they don't uh, so I think that it would be quite funny if he ended up at the Bears um it would be interesting uh to a point but Jordan Howard hasn't really shown much this season. All he was really good for was being a fantasy berserker at the start of the season where Miles Gasker would have all the carries, all the carries, all the carries, and then Jordan Howard would steal the touchdown at the end of the drive. Um, so, I mean, I can't think of anyone that's in dire need of a running back outside of the, I mean, the Bears, other than that, the Niners, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's one of those. It could be anywhere, and I think it will just be now a waiting game. I don't think he'll get claimed off waivers. I think he will hit free agency. Bill Belichick will turn him into a pro bowler. Yeah. <laughs> like you say that, but I'm not liking the fact that, that Damian Harris is getting all the carries. Like that's very yeah. characteristic of Bill. But then again, uh, Rex Burkhead gets gets the two touchdowns as well. So it's, of course. It's, it's not to it's not to be that it was a pure Damian Harris game. So finally we turn to me at the waiver wire and yeah, Jamie's. I am. I know you've you've both mentioned him, but I'm going to go a little bit further into it. So, Taysom Hill is not going to be the starting quarterback for the no. New Orleans Saints on Sunday. It will be Jamie's Winston, and they're playing the Atlanta Falcons. It is a really plus matchup. Uh, Jamie's. The the two times that we we've seen him so far, it's he's been thrust into the lineup. He's not had any preparation. He's not had any practice. So. It's, it's been one of those, now they get a full week to, to game plan for him and they will, they will start to adjust the routes differently. They'll start to, he'll start to target different receivers. So with a full week of game planning, I'm sure he'll be ready to go in. He's had his eyes fixed since we last saw him. So obviously <laughs> he threw 30-odd interceptions last year um, wow. and because apparently he couldn't see. So it, it kind of helps um, being an NFL quarterback. And they are playing the Falcons in week, not only week 11, but week 13 as well. And with me hearing about the severity of Drew Brees' injuries, even if it's not a season ender, I, I don't think he'll be back um, before the, the week 13 tilt against the Falcons as well. So some really great matchups for Jamie's coming up. And 
it'll be fun if nothing else. Even even if he throws the picks like he did last year, we'll, we'll have some fun with it along the way. So uh, yeah, Jamie's is my top pickup for there. On the theme of Jamie's as well, um, next week or week eleven, the four quarterbacks that are on a bye week are Dan, Daniel Jones, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, and Aaron Rodgers. So it's going to be a mad scramble for Winston, um, unless you've got QB stashed on your bench. And um, I also saw something uh, whilst we've um, been recording that the Saints are hopeful that Breeze will be back for the playoffs. Okay. So uh, it's. Um, uh, I think Jamie's is looking at finishing the regular season yeah. out, which could play into the Saints' hands as well because they've eyed that one seed, which could be out of reach. But if they're the five seed, they get the NFC East. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say they'll get um, Jamie still have another week as well in the wild card. Yeah, if, absolutely. Uh, if that's the case, that's a free hit. It pains me that one of them is going to be a playoff team, but they're going to host. They're going to host a host playoff the game. game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the kind of crazy thing, like where they will cause an upset just just because just because twenty twenty. But I suppose technically it'll be twenty twenty one by then. But yeah. either way. For those of you that are still trading, many trade deadlines passed at the end of week 10, but some of you out there will still be trading. So we're finally just going to end the show with some trade advice. So Dave, we'll let you go first. Who are you trading for? Well, I had a couple of guys uh, noted down here, but I'll lead off or just go with the one for now. And that's Mike Davis. Um, I think his value has dropped given his poor performances. But with the news of McCaffrey looking like he's not going to play uh, in week 11, do they shut him down for the rest of the season? Um, I don't think it's beyond the realms if you know, McCaffrey's been beat, banged up sorry, quite a lot uh, this season. Um, Mike Davis is a good running back and the matchups down the stretch for him, that you know, play the Lions, as we've said, the Vikings, then a bye week, and then Broncos, Green Bay, Washington and New Orleans. And obviously the week 17 uh, game against New Orleans won't matter for your fantasy matchup, so which is good because of the number one team, I think, against the run, or if not in the top uh, five. So, yeah, uh, in terms of his value, like I say, it's definitely dropped. He's had four straight weeks where he's not found the end zone. Um, but I believe in him. And some of those, you know, last week was um, with McCaffrey in the team. But I definitely would, if you can, if you need to, everyone needs a running back. Look at picking up Mike Davis. Yeah, and there's a real possibility, like you say, that McCaffrey does get shut down and mm-hmm. Mike Davis will be a nice play for the rest of the season if he does. Chris, who are you trading for? Mine's the rookie running back in Indianapolis. It's Jonathan Taylor here. Uh, long-term, his long-term prospects are still pretty bright. For this season, uh, we still don't know, but I'd rather have him on my roster uh, while he figures it out than let him blow up on somebody else's team. And if you look at his, his uh, some of like the next five matchups of his green Bay, Tennessee, Houston, Vegas, and then Houston again. So in the next five weeks, he gets Houston twice, who is last time I checked uh, bottom of it all in terms of, of, of stopping opposing running back. So look to grab Jonathan Taylor uh, again, long-term prospects uh, look, still look bright, but his value will not be lower than it is now. Uh, finally, mine is Curtis Samuel. So same team as you, Dave. So Curtis Samuel, he has had some really great weeks over over the last few weeks. So the, 
yesterday aside, he'd scored four touchdowns over the over the three weeks previous. And Carolina are just starting to use him in that gadget kind of player. They're giving him the rushes, they're giving him the targets that that he should have been playing as throughout the the whole time. So Curtis Samuel, for me, he, he had a lower game yesterday. So now is the time to, to strike and to go out and get him because if, if we can get him the, the, the touches that, that he deserves and that he's been getting over the last few weeks, then the, there's a bright story in future for Curtis Samuel. I, I was hot on him like in the preseason. He Last year, he, was, he had the lowest number of receptions and yards for players that were targeted over 100 times. So... Regression to the mean, a better quarterback meant that he was going to have an improved season this year, and he is on pace now for for over a thousand uh, scrimmage yards. So yeah, go out and get Curtis Samuel. Dave, who are you selling? Much like Tom Brady, I wasn't high on this guy coming into the start of the season. Another divisional opponent um, for the Saints uh, is. Some might say I just do this out of a personal dislike, but it's um, Todd Gurley on the Falcons. He's been amazing. He's, I think, the number six ranked RB uh, for fantasy. And, you know, he surprised me. He's been absolutely phenomenal for the Falcons um, and has even caused them to lose a game by scoring a touchdown, which is just magnificent. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, Falcons fans. But down the stretch, uh, coming off the bye week from this week, they played the Saints twice and also Tampa Bay. And I personally think that the Las Vegas um, defensive line is no joke either. Um, his value is not going to get any higher than this, personally. I think now's the time to trade Gurley away. What you can get back for him, I don't know, because there aren't that many running backs on the market um, that will be of any value, given that it's been an absolutely dreadful season for running back health. But say you've got Raheem Mostert coming back from injury and he's stashed on your IR list, um, IR spot, then why not? I think Gurley's value will not get any higher. Indeed. Chris, who are you selling? Uh, right off the bat, I'm going to sell Zach Moss. I've seen people are still, you know, very high and they're in love with Zach Moss. They're, they're splitting carries and touches right down the middle between him and Devin Singletary. But as I alluded to earlier in the broadcast, I'm getting rid of, of Tyler Lockett. Uh, any and all places that I can. Obviously, DK Metcalf is the wide receiver, one of the future there. And aside from two massive blow-up games from Tyler Lockett, he's put up duds, four of them to be specific, 4.4 points or under in the games. And again, uh, 200 receiving yards and three touchdowns a game is unsustainable. So right now is your window to get rid of Tyler Lockett. If you wait another couple of weeks, you know, he's just going to be back to Tyler Lockett again, who, you know, kind of abysmal kind of guy. So sell Tyler Lockett while you still can. Yeah, and I, I was actually looking at his stats today and completely agree. He's, he's had those two massive games, but apart from that, has been very, very quiet on the season, considering how many touchdowns that Russell Wilson has thrown. Yeah, six, six TDs in two games is not good. And I'm selling on a kind of similar note is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So Alan Lazard should be back to the lineup very, very soon for Green Bay. Uh, Valdez-Scantling has had three touchdowns over the last couple of weeks. But Lazard, in my opinion, is going to come back and he's going to straight away re-enter the competition as to who is the wide receiver to there in Green Bay. So Marquez Valdez-Scantling, his value is not going to get higher than it is today. So that concludes today's show. Thank you very much both for coming on. Dave, where can we find you on Twitter? 
Uh, my Twitter handle is at Davey Remixed, D-A-V-I-E Remixed. And you can also find me doing the late game window this week with the start sits on full 10 yards. Amazing. Chris, where can we find you and your work on Twitter? You can find me at Detroit Beastie on Twitter. A uh, large majority of my content is on DFS Cheat Sheet. Uh, I do some work for Hammerjacks, Pro Football, uh, Mania, uh, Fantasy Pros. My rankings are out there. So uh, I'd like to think if, if you're looking for me, you don't have to look hard. So I think that's a, that's a good, good move. So all that we have left for week 10 is the Monday night football matchup between the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears. So if you are in need of a Monday night miracle in that one, best of luck to you. And then we turn our attentions to the Thursday night football matchup between the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks. Sure to be a very good game there. But that concludes it for today. Make sure you head over to at F10Y Fantasy for all of your fantasy content. We'll have the NFL Hype Train article tomorrow, which covers your waivers and your streaming options for week 11. We'll have your trade articles and then obviously all of the content that you need to win your matchups headed into week 11 closer to the weekend. Also, head over to www.full10yards.com where not only do we have all of your fantasy content, but we've got your college content, your LNFL content, your betting, your retro, everything that you need all in one place. So make sure you go check that out. I have been David Devonport. You can find me on Twitter at Dav underscore F10Y. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you on Friday. You've been listening to the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at F10Y Fantasy and over on our website www full10yards.com where we cater to all of your American football needs from NFL general, fantasy football, college football and even Britball. Thanks for listening and remember folks, keep those eyes peeled.